0: It's so important to broaden children's view of what our jobs are and what our industry is and and the wide range of, of roles and opportunities that you have.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the PASS Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. So welcome to the program today. Uh, Learning Unboxed is on the road of sorts in the middle of a global pandemic, but today we are headed to Ireland to talk about innovations in education uh, there. And joining us, we have three wonderful guests that are gonna talk about the great work that's happening. Uh, first and foremost, we have joining us Alice Darcy, who has been involved with Steam Education Limited since it was founded in 2014, and she currently manages the company and is fully involved in the development, delivery, and training in relation to all of the Steam programs there. So, Alice, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us, and we're delighted to be here.
1: Wonderful. And joining Alice is Elaine Higgins, um, who is a Materials Engineering Manager with Depew Scythes and is part of the JJ family of companies, which I'm sure she will explain all of that, make sure that we got everything um, all sorted out. And she um, leads a technical virtual team and is involved in lots of engineering and 3D printing. So Elaine, welcome to the program. And I'm um, joining as well is Mark King. Um, Mark is an educator, of 19 years experience working with children, and right now he is with the O'Connell Primary School in Dublin. So, Mark, welcome to the program as well.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: We are thrilled to have all of you, and so you know, hopefully, what one of the things that's this obvious is, you know, these three folks somehow are doing something amazing together, which brought them to the program. So um, Alice, let's start with you. Give us the 30,000 sort of foot view overview of sort of what exactly um, STEAM Education Limited does and how I suspect um, that synergy brought the three of you together.
2: Okay, thanks, Annalise. We're founded in 2014 because we... Uh, Noticed that there was a gap in STEAM education in Ireland. So science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. So it stemmed from a multidisciplinary group of people seeing these gaps and trying to find a a better way to to fill them while facilitating enhanced STEAM education in Ireland, but also supporting the teachers involved in the primary school um, sector and working with industry and academia. So really boosting the expertise that's already there in the country to help primary school teachers to help the children. Uh, Elaine and Dupuy Synthes were one of our first companies that joined the STEAM community. And Mark King's school is supported by the Nocton Foundation, which is a foundation that supports a lot of our companies and has been involved since the very beginning. So that's how we ended up working together. Um, we've been working together uh, for several years now with the, uh, Primary school children, ages from about ten to twelve years old, and I think it's been going really well. So um, we're really delighted that everyone is still involved.
1: That's wonderful, wonderful story. So, so Mark, let's let's balance that out a little bit. So, give our listeners who come from all over the world may not be very familiar with uh, the sort of educational system in Ireland. So. As as the the the, the school um, representative, sort of in this mix, officially here today, so help us understand. There was a need here for a reason. So, so I guess that's the big question. Is so, what what was the what was the rationale of the reason for something that was missing or you know needed to be amplified? Maybe is a better way to put it in, in the Ireland education system that made this project and this collaboration meaningful and and, and necessary.
3: The the ideology behind STEAM education. Lends itself to primary school in that I think it engages the kids very, very quickly. Like I would have a scientific background, but a lot of teachers wouldn't have scientific backgrounds and they might be a little bit apprehensive about teaching science. And I think the STEAM education philosophy lends itself to teachers developing professionally themselves. But what it also does is it completely engages the children. The layout of the lessons and the way the lessons are taught by the guests, uh, scientists or engineers that come into the classroom, it completely engages the children. It's completely inclusive. So children from every different level, academically, linguistically, they, they, they can all engage the lessons on their own level and learn basically the different aspects of the lessons. Quite
1: easily. Yeah, you know, um, hey, that hands-on, very applied uh, STEAM and STEM education that we see in lots of places around the world. You know, universally, that's what I will have, you know, teachers and community members tell me, right, is that it's so engaging, you know, and, and it's accessible, right? And those are all the wonderful things that we collectively and collaboratively love about this type of teaching and learning. So uh, thank you very much for that. Same sort of toss question, uh, Elaine, back to you, because, you know, oftentimes when I have conversations about these really, really successful, innovative, collaborative programs that are doing these great things at schools, what you will find when you dig just a little tiny bit is there's a very meaningful industry partnership or component in the middle of all of this that, quite frankly, is critically important to the success of the program. So talk to us a little bit about your company's not just their involvement, but more importantly, the the rationale for why why do this thing? Why invest in the time and the energy from an uh, an industry perspective?
0: I think it's twofold. One is for the 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 kids and the children, and and bringing steam and stem subjects into the fore and into the classroom. Another one, which sometimes doesn't get articulated, is around the development of our own engineers um, and scientists. So it gives them an opportunity to go out and practice their presentation skills in a sometimes hostile (laughs) environment you know keeping keeping control and and teaching to 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 maybe up to you know 25 30 um 11 year olds is a is a good training arena for for uh upping your presentation skills but that's just one side of it. And I think the biggest thing is about bringing STEAM and STEM education into the classroom and supporting our, our educators. For, for me, it's around creating that talent pipeline. It's all about getting people interested, showing that you don't have to just be one way to be to get into to, um, science and engineering. It's so important to broaden children's view of what our are jobs are and what our industry is and and the wide range of of roles and opportunities that you have and seeing that adage of you can't be what you can't see, I think is very important, which is why, you know, me in particular, I wanted to do the teaching. I coordinated it, but I also did the teaching myself because I wanted to experience it, but I also wanted to give back because it was something that wasn't really there when I was, I was young and, I think it's very important to give back. And I think from a business point of view, really, it comes down to that talent pipeline, because the bigger the pipeline is, the more success we have and the more diversity we Mm -hmm. bring into our industry. Oh, absolutely. I hear that repeatedly,
1: right? It's all about workforce development. At the end of the day, right, there's a very self-interest from the industry standpoint is, back to your point, expanding the pipeline, making sure that we've got, um, you know, people moving through. And quite frankly, from the educational standpoint, what we know is not only can you not be what you can't see, you can't do what you don't know, right? And so you have to have exposure to the potential, to the opportunity, and the rate right and pace of, 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 of technological shift that's happening in the world today, you know, we're talking about imagining or helping kids imagine the potential of, of careers that that haven't even been invented yet with our youngest kiddos. So, Alice, I want to sort of bring this back around and help our listeners, um, you know, have a sense of give us an example. So you've. Formed this amazing partnership, I assume with multiple schools and industry partners along the way. But give us a sense, our listeners, what exactly is this partnership doing? Give us something really tangible to think about here. Okay.
2: Well, there's about three thousand primary schools in the Republic of Ireland. Um, as Mark uh, mentioned, there not a lot of teachers would have had science training or STEM or technology, or mm-hmm. certainly not engineering. Um, the maths, I would say, is kind of limited. So what we're doing is really bringing the expertise of academia, cutting edge research and industry down to a really digestible um, and accessible set of lessons that also match elements of the primary school curriculum. So both of the schools, so the school that Elaine worked with and in Mark's school, um, we'd have a look at what are teachers supposed to be teaching in terms of science in a year? Do they have the resources to do it? No is usually the answer. Do they have um, the professional support to do it? Again, no is usually the answer. Um, The schools are not fully supported financially. I'm sure it's it's the same around the world. They also don't really get a lot of STEM training in initial primary education, so before they become teachers. So there's that gap. And then we're expecting them to deliver science curricula that they are not entirely sure of themselves. So one element of it is removing the fear factor. Um, So in our trainings, well, in a normal year without COVID, we would do our trainings in person and then we might have 20 companies with 20 scientists or engineers matched with 20 primary school teachers. Everybody meets. And a little bit of that is kind of a deconstruction process, really. So the teachers are sometimes afraid that they're kind of going to be exposed as not understanding of science. Um, scientists and engineers um, know their science and engineering, but might be exposed in terms of being able to manage classrooms or to um, facilitate and deliver lessons without loads of scientific jargon or um, in a manner that really relates to the lives of the children and enables them to connect that to potential pathways for careers. So we've seen really nice examples and um, as Mark said as well, in like different levels of academic ability, different levels of um, support required. All of our programs start from the point of give it a go. Like the first step is to give everything a go. Try everything. It doesn't matter what your background is. We're all going to work together. We're going to participate as equals. So we have lovely working relationships then. All our programs are designed for teamwork, which we had to adjust slightly, of course, this year. But, um, it's really important to bring in those diverse skill sets and allow children to see that you don't have to be like a super smart, um, you know, typically what's seen as a super intelligent person to be a scientist or an engineer. There's a lot more skills involved. So there's creativity thinking these are skills that don't just apply to science and engineering these apply to real life lifelong learning competencies so really we're just trying to make that tangible and we've had really great feedback so feedback from the teacher side um is usually oh i i'm not in any way as afraid of teaching science as i was or engineering as i was at the beginning because i've seen how somebody who knows their science and engineering does it And then from the other side, we often hear people saying, oh, I wish we had that when I was in school. So like Elaine might have said that. And then people are really delighted. And they also say things like, it actually made me remember why I became a scientist. The fundamental basis of why these subjects are important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would also hope that from the teacher experience, You get comments about, oh, now I remember why I went into teaching, right? Because that's one of the other things, you know, and and so Mark, I want you to share with us a little bit about what it feels like on the ground. So when this program comes to your classroom, right, what, what is that experience? Because one of the things that I hear from teachers repeatedly, especially as they're they're suffering from standardized curriculum and standard fatigue. Not that those programs are in any way bad. Their intent is often very good, but they they normalize almost to the detriment of the individual student's curiosity and ability to learn. Maybe maybe I'll phrase it that way. Is it politically correct? Yeah. <laughs> Um, So, Mark, tell us what that experience is like, actually, at the classroom level when you're delivering this program and maybe even give our listeners just a a bit of an example of what the program might um, contain.
3: I think the program to start with, basically, if you you, you mention a scientist or an engineer to children, it's nearly magical for the children Mm -hmm. or it's a scientist coming into the classroom or it's an engineer coming into the classroom. They're nearly expecting somebody to walk in with a white lab coat on and glasses and <laughs> uh, and grey hair that's you know the generic vision of what a scientist would be so straight away it arouses their interest mm-hmm. we have a scientist coming into the classroom so first of all they're at ease basically when the scientist comes in and as a teacher then you can work in harmony with the scientist who has the expertise and then you obviously have your expertise in how mm-hmm. to deal with classroom situations and how to deal with groups so it links in so well. So from a start point, the two, the, site, the, the engineer, the scientist, and the teacher, they blend together straight away. The interest of the children is peaked straight away. And then obviously the delivery of the lessons through the activities that, 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 that STEAM education sets out would be fun, engaging, hands-on, group work, social learning. And the kids are learning as they go through the lesson, but they don't even realize that right. they're learning. You know what I mean? Because they're having so much fun. <laughs> so it, it, it is a break from the norm for a teacher. Obviously, we have to meet targets of curriculum. Alice mentioned the curriculum there. So you've got curriculum, learning objectives and strands that you have to cover. And the STEAM lessons, what they do is they meet those. They, they meet the learning objectives, right. but in a fun way. It's just, a completely different way of delivering science technology arts, English maths, education so that the children will engage with it, and also and remembered as well as a teacher mm-hmm. you're learning your own subject matter you know you, you you're developing professionally because you're listening to an expert in their field, okay so you're taking that from it as well, so your knowledge is increasing, your understanding is increasing, and the children obviously are see probably seeing the teacher in a different light as well you know what i mean because it's fun and it's not here's a, here's a book answer these five questions on this it's completely fun based and that is the key for me as to why it's so, so successful because the children are learning in a fun environment all of the time
1: yeah we hear that absolutely i I can tell you that the echo you know people who are listening right now they're 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 cheering you mark, because you know that's exactly what you know when we talk with people involved in these types of very applied, very deliberate hands on programs that and you know at the core of them is to to hook those kiddos right to to tap into their amazing creativity and imaginations and say you know, not only is this a fun thing to do, but it could be an entire career and let's all learn together. And so um, I appreciate that very much. And I especially, Mark, appreciated your comment about the fact that the kids get to see their teacher in a new light because that cannot underscore enough how critically important it is for kids especially kids who are hesitant learners which there are a fair number of those right to to cozy up to an adult that they admire and trust to learn together not just to be delivered content but to for you know for the teacher to be brave enough to say i have no idea what Elaine the engineer does, but she's gonna come in here and we're gonna build a bridge together, right? That's incredibly, incredibly powerful. So thank you very much um, f- for sharing that, Mark. So Elaine, I do want to—I saw you shaking your head, you know, profusely as Mark's talking about all the engagement that's going on that happens in the classroom. And and you know, as an industry person, a- as an engineer coming in and being one of these visiting scientists, partnering up with uh, with a teacher in the classroom, share with us a little bit about what that feels like you from the industry side because you're not a a teacher, back to to Mark's point, you know, there's a whole set of skills that he as a a teacher has, you know, and whether the teacher is comfortable with that scientific knowledge or not, you know, their, their role in there is to at least be able to have the pedagogical sort of influence and understanding in that moment. So Elaine, talk to us a little bit about coming into that environment and how you as a research scientist navigate becoming a partner with a classroom teacher not just science day you know um, because that's the other thing that that often will happen i I talk to schools all the time oh yeah we've got visiting scientists they come in all the time you know that's very show and tell that's not deliberate what's the difference here
0: it's because it's structured and you know the the, the kids know that you're going to be there for 6 weeks and it's it's nearly a uh we our, our company chose to have it and one engineer will take the first cohort and the second engineer will take the second cohort. And one, it meant that the kids, the same class, were seeing different people um, and getting a different style. But also we would then get more people to get the experience. So it's it, the two-way of, of experience. But really back to that initial question, it's it, it, there's a bit of structure. It, there's structure in the lessons, but there's also structure with knowing that you're going to be there at the same time each week, which... Even just as, a, as an engineer that goes, I like, tick box in the head. I know where I'm going to be and you can anchor yourself. And the, the, the teacher, the, the, the experience that I had, the teacher was so welcoming of me into the class and so welcoming of my style that uh, I, I respected hmm. their competencies and that I wasn't going <laughs> and cause mayhem. It may have <laughs> happened by accident. Um, which goes back to the fun side of things. But it was really just that mutual respect, I think. And I really embraced it. I really lent into it. I I didn't, teaching was not on my personal horizon. So it was really an, a personal opportunity for me to lean into, oh my God, what's it like to be a teacher? And to really spark that imagination in in in, in children. And even if they weren't going to be scientists at the end of it, to spark them of like, this is interesting and it's not just, oh, science, you know, like it can, it can be fun. And even if it's not your thing or your jam for the rest of your life, to have an appreciation of when when these people are on the news as scientists are all over the news at the moment with what's going on in, in, in our world, to have the respect of what it took to get there and the peak of interest and that it can be fun as well. And while they're being maybe a little bit serious that it is, that there is a lot of fun in the journey behind it. And, um, but most of all, it's really about that mutual respect and just embracing it and leaning in and, um, and, and enjoying it because there's nothing like hearing laughter and smiles of children. So if you lean into it, you'll get a lot of, lot, lot, lot back. You'll get a lot more back than you put in. Uh, that's what my own experience was. I love that
1: so much. Thank you. <laughs> so refreshing. Thank you for that because you're you're so absolutely correct. Um, there is nothing quite like than the, the joy of being completely immersed in kids learning and the light bulbs uh, going off, um, you know, metaphorically and otherwise um, in the midst of that classroom. So Alice, I want to talk a little bit about how the program, the actual units that the scientists and the teachers deliver, how is this content created? Because I can guarantee you, because I get the, 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 the emails after the programs often from folks, that's one of the questions that everybody always wants to know. So how is the content that's going to be delivered actually created? What's that process look like? And and I can tell you, just sort of hedge our bets here. The reason folks ask this is, at least in the, in the U.S. and in some other parts of the world, um, unfortunately, oftentimes content gets created without educator input, especially content that's coming out from um, really, really large government-run scientific entities, and I'll just be vague like that, that oftentimes, times those research scientists who are just epically amazing in their own fields, but they don't really have a very good sense about how to take the amazing science they're doing and making it accessible to that third grader, right? Or to that fifth grader or to that high school student or even, quite frankly, in many cases, post-secondary as well. So that's the reason we get this question. How How was this created, Alice? Okay,
2: well, I think there's two aspects to it. One is probably partly from my own personal background. So I was a scientist, mm-hmm. so I've um, BSc, MSE, PH but in um in the ecology and environmental sciences so my understanding of science is based a lot on being outdoors in nature uh Mm -hmm. physical hands-on so it's it's a different um projection I guess than a lot of people would have of science in the first place so you know I have friends who work with sharks and you know giant tortoises and you know people who work all over the world Mm -hmm. odd hours of the day and night as well as doing lab-based work. But at the same time, I was a real mixed bag. So I was working in the arts. I was doing uh, stop-motion animation classes with children. So I worked, you know, I ran my own classes with children as I went along. So I had the kind of a mixed um, experience, which came together in how we develop these programs. Um, So that's one aspect. The other is feedback, feedback, feedback. So the first Mm -hmm. two entire years, I think, largely supported by the Nocton Foundation, where we actually ran a 25-week program for the first two years. So we really covered the entirety of the primary school science curriculum in a way that we thought would improve um, the capacity of the teachers to deliver it with the children. But every single year, every program that we run, we look for feedback. So we get a lot of feedback. In in recent years, we get less actually, and less because I think we've practiced. We know what works now. We know what works well. So the feedback we tend to get back now is usually just positive. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So I nearly have to drag uh, information out of people to tweak it at this point. Whereas in the beginning, we would have had focus groups. We would have had the the scientists Mm -hmm. involved, the teachers involved, all come back and you know just. Tell it like it is, like what worked, what didn't work. Does the timing work? Is the pitch level right? Um, one thing we're doing at the moment is we have a, a we have a primary school teacher on staff now. So we're actually kind of going back through our programs and recalibrating them again, the mm-hmm. level that our Sineade, our our staff teacher, thinks is more relevant to the children. So it's a constant state of improvement, but we would literally get like hundreds, if not thousands of pieces of feedback every year that um, we then go back, look at our programs and think, okay, is it working? Is it not? How can we make this better? So it's really persistence, I guess, (laughs) and constant small changes. So much like the scientific process, we just iterate. How do we make it better? And then another part of it is that I would usually visit, not this year, obviously, but usually I would visit at least five or six schools at the end of their programs and talk to the children directly. So, um, or even hang around the staff room for a little while. Um, you know, so sometimes people don't answer questions when they're asked directly, and you kind of have to give them the space and ask the questions in a way that allow them to answer without fear of being wrong or that the person you're talking to won't like the answer. Um, so, we're very conscious of that, that it really works for schools. And we've also obviously visited oh, hundreds of companies in Ireland and worked with, we have about 60 companies supporting schools now, and each of them are a little bit different. So we've tried to make a model that facilitates engagement by the company that also works for them. So yeah, it's just really listening, I guess, is the is the critical thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And definitely makes for much, much better programs over time. So, so, Mark, you know, I can imagine um, teachers around the world sitting back listening to this saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I wish we had, you know, an entity uh, like the STEAM Education Limited in our area that is, you know, so very deliberately working with schools and with industry partners and really providing this sort of linkage for us um, so that we can have access to this great content and be really comfortable in knowing that, you know, when we deliver the content, we're doing so with a high level of fidelity because i think that's some of the fear like you know as you, you alluded to um right at the beginning that you know not all teachers are necessarily going to be you know comfortable delivering science or high-end math content we, we see this often especially in in primary in primary grades so for our listeners mark share with us do you have a favorite um, module or activity um, that you've been able to utilize and deliver through this partnership, and and if so, I'm really curious um, as to why. And Elaine, that same question's coming to you as I'm watching everybody's gears turning here. <laughs> so, um, so Mark, you, you're you're on the spot. Do you have
3: a favorite? Um, yeah, I I, I would. I I, I I come from a scientific background. I I did a, a degree myself in biology, so. Mm-hmm. I have a love of biology and I have had experience of both the the biology modules that STEAM education do and the engineering. So obviously, you probably think that I would side towards the biology, but I actually had an engineer in my class last year, Uni. He was absolutely brilliant. And there was a lesson on building a bridge out of pasta and blue tack. (laughs) Uh and i found that fascinating that the way the, the boys had to think they worked together in groups and they had to think mm-hmm. logically about how they were going to basically build a bridge that that, that could take weight out of spaghetti pasta and blue tack mm-hmm. um and i found that fascinating the amount of discussion that it generated in the classroom from boys who normally wouldn't engage in discussion in the classroom but they obviously had an idea in their mind and because of the environment of the lesson they automatically probably subconsciously started uh contributing to a discussion which they would never do in another in 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 another subject uh, area so i found that lesson absolutely fascinating there was a couple of other lessons building a table out of paper was the same as well so it was all about completely about the children collaborating with each other, sharing their ideas. And then obviously there was the practical side of it where they had to go and build it. But that's my, that was my favourite lesson yeah. out of all of the, the lessons that have been done in my classroom. Very simple, yeah. but absolutely amazing to watch the kids work collaboratively together to build something out of very, very basic materials.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm chuckling to myself because I love the fact that that was one of your favorites because it's one that we use as well. Um, we don't have blue tack We use um, little baby marshmallows. Um, we get those, they're easy. Um, but you're absolutely right about the way people engage in it. And I love the fact that you highlighted... This was so accessible that students who normally don't participate or participate in the same way suddenly rose to the occasion, and and part of that is because you gave them a different way to learn than was the norm, right? And so you that suddenly you bumped up against a comfort level. I suspect to some extent there's a whole host of different sorts of things going on there, but the fact that you got all this collaborative, um, you know, engagement is just really wonderful. So uh, thank you for that. So so Elaine, and I warned you, same same question. Question tossed to you um, in terms of what what has been one of your favorites and why
0: I think there is there was there is two. I think I have to say the the the, the module that was around um, prosthetics and medical devices. That's the company I work mm-hmm. for. I have to say it because <laughs> it actually brought some of what I do to life for me. And it was very, very educational. It was very, very practical. And we were picking. We were making a prosthetic hand and, um, uh, out of tubes and string, and it was so much. It was just so much fun. And again, the groups and the the the, the kids can interact in a different way. Um, I was lucky enough to be with a, a, a mixed school, so it was both boys and girls. Now, some of the there was some very competitive. Young males that really wanted to be so good at the 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 um, building the prosthetic arm, and that was one that really sticks in my head. The other activity that really sticks in my head, and this is for a slightly different reason, is around materials and protecting an egg. Had an egg, and we had to build uh, a a way to 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 throw it and to protect it. And it actually gave a group that didn't interact with some of them, maybe the more very not very, but the the more abstract concepts of science it actually the creativity and I'll bring back to that word that you used uh, and that, that that Alice used at the start it brought a creativity with the group of girls that and they were like you could nearly see it, the, the light bulb go off and go like this is what science is I get to throw it I get to protect an egg and throw it around the place and like and and all now it did take a lot of convincing that a parachute wasn't the way to work it. and i did did my best with my memory of um terminal velocity and it was just going (laughs) nowhere we need we need absorption like the absorption in the cars and um Uh, like shock absorbers and it was just so fun and um, I I, yeah there was a lot of happiness out of the room and I think I might have disturbed a couple of other classes but that's in no way (laughs) for anyone to ever think that you shouldn't do science but uh, it was definitely a very favorite class of, of mine and it was really nice to see different people and different students engage with different activities because it really is a program that can engage everybody from all of the aspects and to really just give that spark of, of of STEM and STEAM activities to children that may not have seen it before. Um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is so wonderful, again, because those are great, great, great examples. Um, and I would also like to point out, you know, science should be loud. It should be boisterous. It should be fun. It should be, you know, everybody all in all the time. You know, a hundred miles. Um, you know, just go, 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 go. So uh, that's 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 wonderful. Thank you for that. So, Alice, um, I want to uh, close our conversation by asking you the same question: What's 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 your favorite over these last few years? But more importantly, what's next? What's coming? What's what's the the fun sort of next iteration in this journey? Because I, having been an organizational founder, I happen to know <laughs> for a fact it is truly a journey.
2: Um, well, so th- <laughs> and this year probably changed the journey a little bit, accelerated some directions and cut others a little bit short. But do I have a favorite? Um, I love all of them. And every time I go back to check, I think, oh, I'd love to do that one again. I'd love to teach that one myself. I did a short program on health sciences for children with the new, the pediatric development fund. Uh, So like attached to the new children's hospital Mm and the community benefit fund for those. And with that one, I worked with health professionals from all different fields in the classroom. And I loved that. We have a maths program, maths in a box, which I'd say has gotten a little less traction, a little harder to push the maths one, but content in the math one I really love it probably because it's a little bit more abstract even than the science or engineering and people are so much less familiar with how maths relates to the world in real life quite easy to put pick out examples for science and engineering but kind of abstract maths is absolutely beautiful and, fascinating and don't really get the chance to see that so I, I'd love to get that one up and moving a bit more um Where next? Well, because of COVID, really, this year we developed teacher-led versions. So smaller boxes, shorter programs, even more simplified content uh, put together in a way that teachers can do it themselves until we can get back to the place, which is the favorite of everyone, the real human in the classroom. In the absence of being able to do that, we have a lot of teacher-led boxes um heading out next week actually i think mark is going to do one in a few weeks time when the schools reopen um and then the other direction that i'd like to go in personally is the development of teacher training providing teacher training opportunities for primary school teachers because like we meet so many of them that are so keen to do better to learn more to find out the best way to engage with their children that's one and then I think the the thing that probably needs to be addressed more and I'd like to do this on a collaborative level I guess again with industry and academia is I think that the whole structure of the primary education system could do with being looked at and reworked (laughs) shake it up a small (laughs) bit yeah for folks
1: just listening and not watching Marcus is 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 doing a a joyful a joyful yeah so
2: um there's and I think there is a great willingness actually uh, within yeah, all the partners yeah. in Ireland for that mm-hmm. to happen. So, finding a way to make that happen really is my next kind of personal buzz. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I, love, yeah, I love that. You know, give me a call, uh, Alice, if you want to go down that road, because that's a very similar conversation that we're having, um, you know, in the States. But I also, I, I've been hearing it from, you know, a lot of folks that I've been interviewing around the world, this discussion about it's time for a system overhaul, not that the system was bad. It, it's just that it's, it was designed at a point in time where our needs were very different and our kids were very different and the world was a different place. So sometimes, Sometimes it's not enough just to tweak as we we all, all, on, on this, this conversation. We all know that, but sometimes helping the public understand that just because that's the way I learned when I was a kid does not mean that's the way we should be doing it now. And, and I have no doubt that's a conversation that you've all sort of bumped up against. In your I guess if I could work.
2: add there, I think there are a lot of things that were and still are really good and really positive in the primary mm-hmm. education system And I think in a way, we're going a little bit away from that towards too much. And and this is not in any way anti-technology or anti-online learning like that. But we're human social learners. And a lot of the basics, I think, if we did them more and better, we would get further. Um, And things like just the persistence of the course. So like you said, we're not doing kind of once-off science visits. It's a persistent program that builds a relationship between all of the people involved. And you can't build that relationship in one day or in um, show and tell or magic show type of science demonstrations, which are all great. But the value that we provide, I think, is bringing all the elements together, including persistent, repetitive interactions with diverse, positive role models that respect the skills from all sides. And it, yeah. the, the combination of that, I think is is what needs to be worked on. I would
1: wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. Um, and on that note, I want to thank you all so much for taking time out of your day uh, to share your story and your journey um, with us and with our, with our listeners. Um, thank you so much for, for, for coming today.
2: Thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank Bye. you.
1: Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin, and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.